Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle as the race for the finals really heats up. We're hot off the heels of an exciting round 17 and we're going to review all four games for you here today including a chat with Claremont's Joel Weston off the back of their loss to East Fremantle. But joining me today alongside yours truly Paul Persick in the back chat studios is Mark Forey Foreman. Welcome Forey, <laughs> another big addition. Thanks Paul, yeah good to be back. It's uh, like you said it is heating up and um, yeah some more Unusual results here or there, a couple of predictables, but uh, looking forward to getting through it. Absolutely, especially the one between East Freo and Claremont, especially after Thursday, I'll tell you that, mate. Yes, I know. <laughs> How did our predictions go? I don't think I was great, wasn't nah, I? No, you, you were shocking. I got yeah. one back on you from a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> Yeah, mate. you did. My tipping's horrible, Paul. I just sort of, I go a bit rogue, I think, when I throw my tips out. Uh, more than a bit rogue, mate, I'll say that much, but uh, <laughs> yeah. hell, uh, hell you're, you're doing better than I am, I'll say that much. Oh, brilliant. Have you set, I don't think you set the bar all that high there, though. No, nah, it's not very high. <laughs> It's not very high at all. A donkey's bar, when it comes to footy tipping, isn't that high anyway. Yeah, no. Yeah, fair call. Yeah. Now, now, just before we do have a chat with Joel Weston of the Claremont Football Club, of course, the big story after round 17 was, uh, as far as South Fremantle were concerned, Todd Curley, he's extended uh, his stay at the Bulldogs as coach for another year. That'll uh, take him to 10 years at the helm, the longest serving uh, coach in South Fremantle history. Oh, well, there you go. See, I like when you throw these stats out. I didn't know he was the longest serving coach, but um, I, yeah, yeah. Look, you see the the positivity he's brought to the club, and whilst this season perhaps hasn't been what they'd hoped, I think um, with Todd Curley there, we, we know he's passionate about the Bulldogs. Um, you know he'll, yeah, it, it's good that they've shown faith in him, and despite a, a downish year that they think he's the, the right man f- to lead them forward. Their main focus, obviously, will be to reload for 2024, and mm. especially with the young players that are coming up through the ranks, in particular Solomon James and co. I reckon that'll be the year to really get back into that finals picture because when that uh, pre-season uh, salary cap breach came out and they were deducted eight premiership points, it was safe to say the writing was definitely on the wall right from the start. Yeah, I think it did put them on the back foot of it, and, and you can sort of see that by some of the results. I don't particularly think that... Um, you know, the amount of wins they've had this year, which I think is, is what, five, I think? Five um, official wins, but yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah, minus the, the points. But I don't think that's totally reflective of where they're at. And um, I certainly don't think there are, you know, I don't think it's out of this, the realms of possibility to see them making finals next year and, and pushing up to where we're pretty much used to seeing South Fremantle be at that top half of the table. Absolutely. Congratulations to Todd Curley. All the very best to him for the rest of the season and, of course, for 2024. Of course, every Waffle game, by the way, is live, free and in full on the AFL app. We've got five games coming up in round 18 and we'll preview those for you on Thursday. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Now, of course, one of the big games in round 17 for it was East Frio and Claremont at the WACA ground. And for the Tigers, it was their third straight loss, this time by 20 points. But one of the players who uh, put in a positive imprint for the Tigers is Joel Weston. He's having another good season over at the Tigers, and he's good enough to join us here on Around the Waffle. Joel, hello, mate. How are you going, boys? Going very well. Great to have you on the show. It was a real tough outing uh, at the Wacker, but the first half it was very, very good uh, from the Tigers' point of view, leading by a few points at, uh, at half time. Yeah, that, that's right. We um, uh, we spoke about it after the game, and it, and it really wasn't our game plan or anything that let us down. We thought the effort was definitely there. Like we we played a really good game of footy, but we just we just struggled to convert, which in every AFL game, any anywhere around the, 
the country, you know, it's always going to cost you if you can't kick straight. But um, we definitely thought our effort was there and, and there's definitely some positives to take out while there's also some things to work on. And um, we might let one slip away, we personally think. But, um, yeah, no, looking forward to bouncing back this week. Joel, the last few weeks hasn't been particularly fruitful for the Tigers, perhaps dropping, as you mentioned there, you know, games that you'd hope you haven't. Um, where have you seen the problem lying? Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's really a... I don't think there's quite a problem. It's just um, we just got to get back to what made us good, I guess. And, and I think it's just like everything is in place. We've got a good game plan. We've got good personnel playing. It's just stringing it all together now and, and making it all work, um, which is going to happen. We've, we have evidence and we have proof that it works when it works and, mm. and that we're a good team when we're on. So uh, we just got to get back to playing our best and, and trusting each other and, and um, yeah, working together and, and really just, I guess, just, yeah, helping each other out throughout the games. And, and, and hopefully we can just keep playing that four quarters of footy and then that's going to, that's going to help us the most. Well, one player that can really hold the key is Tia Miles. So what do you make of his performance? You know, as a solid defender mid, 30 possessions, including six marks and four tackles, he's really improving his work rate week by week. Yeah, well, he's just, he, I guess that's what everyone in the team, that, that's what Ash wants, is a bit of that plug-and-play type of player. It's just um, no matter where where we play anyone, um, we're, just going, we're just expecting everyone to go out and play their role and, and Tia playing on the wing and then also back. Um, just helping the team in any way he can um, definitely helps us so much and, and yeah like he said he just works so hard and he doesn't get beaten one on one but then also when he has the ball he's, he's damaging and then when he doesn't have the ball he's, he's directing his teammates so yeah he's, a, he's been a big inclusion for us this year and, and um, yeah I mean well hopefully we can just he can just keep putting those performances together for us and help us out Joel, on more of a personal level, tell us about the last 12 months for you. It must have been a bit of a turbulent time exiting the, the AFL yeah. system, but but now finding your way at Claremont and seemingly enjoying your footy. What's the journey been like over the last 12 months? Yeah, that's exactly right. To be honest, it's, it's been tough. It's been a really tough time, but um, I feel like uh, coming back to Claremont just helped me enjoy my footy a little bit more and, and just, yeah, just helped me just like kind of relax a little bit more and just play for the fun of it. Which has been really good, um, and Ash Prescott, the coach, has been really, really um, big on that as well. Just helped me get back to enjoying myself, and that's probably where I'm going to play my best is when I'm just comfortable and relaxed. So um, that's been uh, probably the main thing about how I've managed to string through a couple of good games this year, and um, yeah, looking to keep building for the rest of this season. Just on that, Joel, uh, not that uh, Paul or myself have ever played at that level. Uh, probably because of injury, Paul. Uh, but is it is it occasionally difficult, or can you sometimes get lost playing AFL footy that you forget to enjoy it? With all these things you need to do, the demands of AFL footy, can that enjoyment sometimes be lost? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, I reckon it's pretty common across many players. Obviously, not many people would open up much about it, but yeah, it can be really stressful and there's obviously a lot of lot of pressure, as you guys would be able to tell. Um, and I think yeah, look, I guess the easiest way to put it is it, it'd be a um, great lifestyle if you're top five players in your team and you're in every week and you're, and you're um, you know, really, I guess you're just like the stable piece of the team and it's really enjoyable because you don't have much pressure, but, um, but when you're, um, I guess, fighting for your spot every week and that, and that, I guess it's the, 
to come up to getting into that that um, into the starting team every week. I guess it's pretty tough just trying to prove yourself and and prove yeah yourself every training session, every game, and every day. So uh, I guess it's pretty tough and pretty draining, um, definitely. But yeah, like I said, it's obviously a great lifestyle and. Um, I'm not complaining at all. I was so happy to get my chance at the AFL level. And, um, yeah, no, no regrets or anything. Now, we're glad to see that uh, you're enjoying your footy, Joel, and uh, you're having a wonderful season with uh, Claremont, who are keen to bounce back on Saturday against Peel Thunder at Lane Group Stadium. Joel, we appreciate your time, mate. All the very best against Peel Thunder and for the rest of the season. Thank you very much for having me on, lads. That was Joel Weston from the Claremont Football Club. And like I said just before, he is really enjoying his footy. His desire has just improved week by week. And, you know, if he gets back into that AFL system, then, uh, you know, hopefully it goes well for him. Yeah, and and that's why I was sort of fascinated to ask about that because um, it's such a cutthroat industry. (laughs) And like I said, if not for injury, you and I probably would have experienced that, Paul. Just joking. No, I never got injured. I just wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. Um, but the, to hear that insight from from Joel was, was fascinating because it's one of those things where I think everyone just speaks about the euphoria of playing AFL, but the, the pressures and then the cutthroat nature of it. Because he's right, realistically, there's only 10% of players on AFL lists who are probably constantly feeling safe. Um, and, and the rest of them are sort of fighting for their spot, fighting for... A contract fighting for money because you need to live obviously and um joel unfortunately you know was was at the bottom end of that and has now come back but yes. yeah you're right he's in like i think it's probably true in anything whether it's footy or work life whatever it is you, you do the best when you're enjoying it and it's really it was honestly really awesome to hear that he was enjoying his footy and if you're not enjoying it then the desire just drops down but uh, joel's really having a good time of it over at the claremont football club we do wish him all the best in the tigers against peel thunder we'll preview that game on thursday here on around the waffle and a reminder all games in round 18 are live free and in full on the afl app this is around the waffle paul persick and mark foreman all right, let's get to the games for you for round 17. Four of them took place this weekend, all of them on the Saturday. And we're going to start it off at Steel Blue Oval, Swan Districts and South Fremantle. Neck and neck between both the sides all the way. But it was again that last quarter that broke the ice. A five goal to nil final term, sealing another great Swans win at home. Yeah, and haven't they been good at home recently? Yeah. Um, you know, we saw that after the Siren win against West Coast. To be honest, they probably weren't outstanding that game. But they've just built over the last few weeks and... Starting to put some performances together. And I've got to put out an apology, Paul. I don't actually have the Golden Grunt you winner. what? I know. My, you <laughs> I'm sorry. what? My source is actually uh, having a just a, a standard, no, nothing serious, but having a surgery is in hospital. So oh, I was unable to reach right. him on the phone. That so, is a bummer. We do, we do wish him all the best yeah, in yeah. recovery, though. Yeah, so it, it's not Grunt himself. Maybe I should have got Grunt's number and figured out who got the golden Grunt. So I don't know who got that, but my goodness, Aiden Clark was, oh. was good again for Swans. I'd... 41 touches and 11 marks. Just an unbelievable performance. Yeah. And inside 57 times, his form over the last month has been more than what we'd expected. Yeah, and and hard at it too. Like the I think the as, as I've I've told you Paul in the back half of this season I've been able to call a few games which has been nice which means you sort of get some exposure to seeing these guys and he was one when I was watching him play I was like Whoa, he's tough. He's he hard at is. it and he's uh, a presence for Swans so uh, yeah playing really well. I my my guess for the Golden Grunt, because they often don't just give it to the highest ball winner, but it may well have been Jesse Turner because he kicked a, a few really important goals. Three, in fact. Yeah, and, and had um, you know a presence through that midfield as well. But 
Uh, maybe I'll do a retrospective Golden Grunt. Oh, my guess would be Jackson McLaughlin. I mean, he's only been in the league for only a short time this season, his first season. But the way he was able to contest the football and win it in those situations was just outstanding. I and mean, he's only young, but he's playing like he's been playing for five, ten years. Seven marks, seven tackles, and 25 possessions. All of them were absolutely terrific in those contests where you really need to step up and show that extra grunt that uh, it's always expected, especially at home from a Swan District's point of view. So I thought Turner, McLaughlin, Clark, they were all outstanding. And Chris Jones, back in form with three goals. Good to see him back in his best form up forward. Yeah, for sure. And God, they've got some players there, don't they? they? You know, this is... And it's... I think we said a couple of weeks ago that... Their uh, position on the ladder is also probably not reflective of what Swans can do. And the, the volume of work they've put together over the last month sort of suggests that. So, I mean, let's look out for them next year. Absolutely. They're, obviously, they're going to fall short um, this year. But, um, yeah, it's it's not a lost cause for Swans at all. They've got some players there. From the other side of the coin, South Fremantle, they were very, very good for three quarters. And that's been their Achilles heel this year, that they've only been able to play three quarters. They just haven't been able to string that final piece of the puzzle together in that last quarter when the game has been in the balance. I mean, we saw it against Claremont at home, against East Fremantle at home in the Derby. And now we've seen it again uh, over at uh, Steel Blow against Swan Districts. But uh, one player I have to give tremendous credit for has been Jimmy Miller. In the ruck, 30 yeah. hit-outs. He, he won that battle against Nathan Blakely. He is uh, developing into a very strong ruckman over there at, uh, at the Kennel. And it's no mean feat to uh, combat Nathan Blakely successfully. Oh. And he, he, you're right, he's done really well. And I think we've spoken about that. Um, we've spoken about that. Um, what do you call it? The, the impact of, and the follow-up from, from these rucks. So, um, yeah, very important. And, um, yeah, he, he's going from strength to strength this year. He certainly is. And uh, also uh, Aaron Drage, he also uh, had another good outing with 23 touches. And uh, Glenn Byron playing uh, as another defender mid, sort of the similar qualities to Joel Weston and, and mm. Tia Miles from the Claremont Football Club uh, with 22 touches. Solid delivery uh, further up the ground. But Swan District's too good in the end, winning by 37 points. Now let's go to the second game. You were at this one, Forey, over at uh, Lane Group <laughs> Stadium. Uh, Peel Thunder, unsurprisingly, easy winners over the West Coast Eagles in the alignment derby, if you will. 19-18 to 5-4, a 98-point victory. But I tell you what, it was the Blair Bell show over oh, at Lane Group Stadium. He was incredible. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I think, yeah, it was my first Peel game this year. Um, and so I got to see uh, Blair Bell absolutely tear this game apart in the in the first half. His, his second half was a little more quiet. Um, but, you know, when the game's on the line, that's when you sort of look to, to who's doing what. And my goodness, like, he was such a presence. He's just a big body. And there were multiple times where... It wasn't so much... I mean, he, he was winning aerial contests, but it was the way that he just got his big frame in front of uh, opponents and was able to hold them out, take the mark. Uh, West Coast couldn't combat it. Yeah, it West was, Coast just had no answer. No, and, and he was unreal. So he kicked four goals, two, um, and I think he missed I think he missed one altogether as well. So could have been a little more, but um, that game was, yeah, pretty much stitched up off the back of his boot, 10 marks as well. But he had plenty of backup as well. I mean, Will Brody outstanding, yep. 31. Carl Warner, 26. Ben Hancock, 33. That was a win that was much needed for Peel Thunder because they're right now tied with Subiaco and Claremont on 40 points with a double chance at stake. Even though it was against an opponent in the West Coast Eagles that have had their struggles this year and are starting to bring a few players back, they needed that win as a confidence booster for the rest of the season, and they had all their top players contributing. Absolutely, and it, and it, like you said, it pretty much sews up. I mean, all barring a disaster now, it, all, it sews up that top five, uh, and they're getting players, as you said, playing right at the right end of the year. So um, they had a few. Uh, I think they had a couple of Dockers come back. Um, so 
you know that, that that's always handy. But uh, I tell you what, I tell you what, the one I struggled with was um, constantly mixing up Ethan Stanley and uh, Carl Warner, the two <laughs> the two blondies, yeah. um, and they were both pre- pretty prolific too. Yeah. Um, played played pretty well. So Ethan Stanley dropping back a level um, from a couple of weeks ago, um, but. Yeah, they're finding finding their their feet, and not a team you'd want to run into. No, they, they were they were pretty good at this crucial time of the year when you know that third, f- fourth, and fifth places are pretty much still on the line between at least four teams. Yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. And when you've got that AFL quality on your in your sides as well, it's it's difficult. I will say um, there was genuine concern, and and he came off in front of us for uh, Heath Chapman. Heath Chapman, um, yes. so holding a shoulder, and he mm. looked in a lot of pain too. He I, did, he I, did. I think it sort of stayed out the whole time. He came off the ground and. Um, even when they whisked him down into the rooms, uh, I saw um, Peter Bell, um, you know, moving after him pretty quick. So, all the best for Heath Chapman as we um, wait to hear the the full extent of that damage. Yeah, that'll be a big blow for Peel Thunder heading into that game against Claremont. And on the subject of the Tigers, that's where we'll go next at the WACA ground for game number three. But uh, it was East Fremantle that got the job done by twenty points, eleven ten to seven fourteen. Joel Wesson summed it up pretty well. I mean, their effort was there, their application was there, but they just weren't able to convert on the scoreboard. I mean, from a Tigers' point of view, seven fourteen isn't pretty reading, especially when you have the work of Miles, Edwards, Bolton, and the debutant in Daniel Curtin, who had a very serviceable debut. It really doesn't flatter them a lot, especially when you look at that scoreboard, despite the effort they put in. Yeah, and it's so frustrating. Like, as you as you said, Joel said it perfectly. It doesn't matter... It doesn't even matter what um, what level of footy it is. When you, when you dominate a game and don't convert, it so often comes back to bite you. And you had one more inside 50 as well, and also they had uh, like 16% more disposal per goal. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, that's heartbreaking. That is super, super frustrating. Um, so I suppose the positive is that the volume of work was there. It just was not that final product wasn't, mm. which is... Also weird. I, I keep saying this about Claremont. I've, their performances have been weird. They've not been Claremont esque. You know, we're used to a polished Claremont. Yeah. Who you know finish well, use the ball well, do all these things, and they've had some bad losses recently. So uh, it's a weird time. Is the best way I can describe Claremont. But no, they've dropped a fifth as a result. Yeah, yeah. But I think as Joel said, uh, the work is there. So they just need it to click. Hmm. Um, and so if their ball movement clicks at the same time as as their finishing clicks. They'll be okay. But yeah, they've put themselves in a bit of a predicament now because I think three weeks ago they were basically almost top, weren't they? Top two. They were almost in the top two, but now they've dropped to fifth. And another loss and a West Perth win on Sunday uh, against uh, South Fremantle could see either the Tigers or the Thunder a little bit vulnerable. But looking Mm. at East Fremantle, that was a win they needed to get out there. That was that was a win they needed to produce. And they had Jared Jansen, solid 24 touches. Kyle Baskerville being pushed into the midfield in place of Milan Murdoch, who's still nursing a shoulder injury. Uh, Ruben Maguire, he was serviceable. Dylan O'Reilly coming back uh, from injury and kicking uh, three goals was uh, a big, big step up uh, from his point of view. Yep, yeah. And so some major ball winners there. But I also like the um, the pressure. Jared Jansen, you know, he was a ferocious tackler on oh, the yeah. weekend. And that's the uh, pressure is pretty much what will bring a team undone. And, um, you know, when you can apply that amount of pressure, it's it's going to, you know, so perhaps we're not giving East Fremantle enough credit because 
Claremont might have missed many shots at goal, but uh, their, their pressure is really good. Um, so players like that are also really important. Absolutely. And Matty Jupp as well uh, in defensive yeah. 50. He really was that shutdown defender, as he always has been, uh, shutting down that forward line because Claremont's only effective forward was Alexander Manuel. He kicked three goals, but Matthew Jupp was influential in shutting out that uh, influence that Claremont usually have on their forward line. Yeah, he's, and he's done it for years mm. and, um, you know, ever reliable down there. And, uh, you know, we've seen him make his way into the, the state team and, um, you know, honours like that. So we, we know he, we know what he can do, uh, Matty Jupp. And uh, he's been a, yeah, an important player for East Fremantle for, well, it must be the last decade or something yeah. like that. Yeah. When I say a decade more because, uh, God, golly, he could play like uh, till he's 100 <laughs> because that's why he's so damn good. Yeah, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll ask him how his body's got, uh, holding up because... I certainly know when I got to 30. I think he's 30, isn't he? He's up more older than 30. Yeah, a little bit older than 30. We'll have to check that one out. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. nonetheless, great performance from Juppy and uh, a great win for East Fremantle. The fifth team now to top the ladder in the WAFL season. Mm. Then the final game at Pentanet Stadium in Joomlup, West Perth. Too good for Perth, but lacklustre final quarter in the end. I only saw the margin at 40 points at the final siren. Perth had a very respectable final quarter, but it was the second and the third quarters that made the difference for West Perth. And it still gives them hope, a little glimmer of hope, that they can still make the five. Uh, yeah, hanging on to that glimmer of hope. Obviously, obviously, we, as we've mentioned, they, they need games to be dropped in their favour. But is this the one you were at? Yes, this was the yeah. one I was at. Um, yeah. West Perth, they were terrific. They just ramped it up yep. in the second and third quarters. You had Shane Nelson applying uh, tremendous pressure on the ball. Zach Gordon and down back, he was terrific. Ten marks. But again, Tyler Keitel. He is running <laughs> into some great form up yeah. forward at the right time. The second time in a row, he's kicked uh, five or more goals. Six goals won from 18 kicks, but uh, he was absolutely terrific up forward. Yeah, well, at least he's kicked straight this time. Yes. I think it was, yes. a, was a couple of weeks ago he uh, he butchered a few. So uh, we know the danger that, that Tyler Keitel brings to a West Perth forward line. So it, it's it's good to see you know him getting on the... On the score sheet. Um, am I right in saying West Perth went goalless in that last quarter? Is they that did go you... goalless in that last quarter. Only three behinds. My goodness. And uh, they've conceded six as well. Yeah, I think I think really they were content, you know, just to, you know, ease up in the last quarter. They know it's a big cushion. But, yeah, uh, yeah they really let Perth in for six easy goals, which, uh, you know, D- Darren Harris, the coach, I don't think should be satisfied with that last quarter because they know that the pressure's on them and they've got to play their best football for four quarters, especially in the next two games. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I'm thinking about that, you know, perhaps uh, the game was clearly done, 17 goals to five at three-quarter time. So, um, you know, it probably won't be something they focus on too much and maybe the maybe there was a almost a conscious decision to put the cue in the rack. But at the same time, you want to get into good habits. So mm. perhaps uh, not so much, but... Um, look, job was done in the first three quarters. So, uh, well, the job was done pretty much in the middle half of the game, I think. On half time, you'd think the game was pretty much sewn up. You had that feeling over at Pentanet Stadium that, you know, it was never in doubt for West Perth after they kicked uh, away. It was like nine goals to one in that uh, second quarter. West Perth, they just kicked it goal after goal after goal. From Perth's point of view, however, their last quarter, very respectable. A jang, a jang, again, solid (laughs) in the ruck. He had 25 hitouts. His follow-up is starting to improve. Uh, Charlie Thompson, 26 touches. I like the work of Sammy Stubbs uh, again. Whenever the ball came his way, he was showing desperation, getting first of the footy in that forward line and uh, got a got a few possessions uh, a bit in midfield as well. So where uh, he's playing that swing role further down the ground. Uh, hard role to play as well. It's uh, a huge, huge volume of work when you play that high half forward, getting up and back. But we spoke to him was we that last on week? Thursday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's... Um, 
yeah, and spoke really well. He's uh, he's got his little socials up and yeah. running, doesn't he? Uh, no, no doubt he'll have a, a good post game reflection <laughs> yeah, after exactly. uh, the three goals he kicked. No, yeah, and, and played well. So mm. um, you know, good to see young players like that uh, performing well. Um, what what was the atmosphere like? Out it there, was a great atmosphere. Yeah. In fact, it was the first uh, Waffle Pride game that was initiated yes, by the West Perth Football right. Club. They had the rainbow balloons. They had the rainbow flag painted on the field uh, yep. on centre wing, and uh, the West Perth players they all had a photo alongside the pride flag, showing their commitment to uh, include inclusiveness and willingness to uh, to learn mm. as well. It was a great initiative, great turnout, and uh, hopefully the Waffle can uh, initiate something like that, a full round uh, maybe next year. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we're starting to see more and more of these sort of celebratory rounds, which which is good. And, mm. um, you know, sport sport can often be so much more than just sport, which is, um, it's good to see. And I, I did, yeah, I did hear about uh, what went on out at Jindalup. Somebody gave the, the radio station I, I work for a call, which was uh, good to hear. And yeah, really strong feedback. And it was a great atmosphere too. And West Perth, they got the job done as they needed to. Now, four games completed in round 17. We'll go to the ladder as it stands. East Fremantle, of course, the fifth team to top the ladder this season. They're on 44 points along with East Perth. Uh, they clash at the Wacker on Saturday. We'll preview that game on Thursday. Uh, Subiaco in third, Peel Thunder fourth and Claremont fifth, all tied on 40 points. And then West Perth still two games behind, but still hope that they can make the five. Swan Districts, South Fremantle, Perth and the West Coast Eagles rounding out the bottom half with only three rounds to go. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, Forey, you know what time it is. It's time to cast the votes for the Around the Waffle Player of the Year. It's really heating up now. Very, very close indeed. One vote, Jackson McLaughlin of uh, Swan Districts. Again, his grunt at the contest, his commitment under pressure was just terrific. He's getting better and better as a key league player. Uh, had the 25 disposals, uh, the seven marks and the seven tackles in that win over South Frio. Two votes. Ben Hancock of Peel Thunder was a captain's game from him. Led from the front as he needed to. 33 disposals and his service to the forward line, very impeccable. Three votes. Tyler Keitel yeah. of West Perth is running into good form at the right time. Six goals uh, from 18 touches. Four votes. Aiden Clark of Ooh. Swan Districts. A little bit stiff. Yeah, A little bit stiff, stiff. But he played a ripper game. I mean, 11 marks and the 41 disposals. Uh, his pressure and application at the contest was outstanding. We almost need a drum roll for this, Paul. Who's the five going to? The Around the Waffle top gun of round 17 goes to Matty Jupp of East Fremantle. <laughs> oh, but, but think okay. about this. His, his role as that key defender against Claremont, who have a powerful forward line yep. was so important. The 10 marks that he had in 18 touches was impeccable service from Matty Jupp. But the experience showed once again because when Claremont have that forward line firing, DeLacy, Manuel, and even Smallwood who can play a bit on that half forward line, they can fire up that scoreboard pressure. Jupp didn't allow that. They only had one forward firing Claremont and Matty Jupp shut it down. He was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, wow. You've pretty much completely justified your decision there, Paul. I can't really argue with that. Um, being uh, good mates with his brother, I'll, uh, I'll let him know and, uh, we can award him the five as you have, but like you said, I think you can't always look at disposals, um, you know, marks, goals or whatever. And, and yeah, a, a contribution like that on the weekend. And I think your context is perfect because Claremont can be very, very dangerous. So to shut him down, it was, yeah, a justified five votes for Maddie. 
Now let's go to the leaderboard after round 17. Zach Clark from Subiaco still in the lead on 16, but it's starting to open up a little bit. Tied on 12 is Aiden Clark and Tyler Keitel. In fourth is Jarvis Pina, tied with Jai Bolton on 11 votes. In sixth is Mitchell Crowden. Seventh with nine votes is Milan Murdoch. Eight is uh, Tom North. And then rounding out the top 10, Fraser Turner also on eight. Jimmy Miller on seven. And Matthew Jupp from East Fremantle gets into that top 10 with five with just three rounds to go for you. The player of the year race is really heating up and I have to say with about 51 players polling votes for the player of the year anything can happen well absolutely and you you see what happens with Matty Jupp getting five it you know propels him up into that leaderboard so um it's it's been a great season one of those blink and you'll miss it I can't can't believe we've got three rounds left so uh certainly heating up and it's uh yeah it's so good to see the the performances of some of our our guys in this second tier absolutely for great job from you as always looking forward to a big round 18 preview yeah pleasure looking forward to it paul and thank you to all our viewers and listeners as well for tuning in to today's edition of around the waffle don't forget every game is live free and in full on the afl app the home of waffle footy in 2023 we also have socials in operation facebook twitter and instagram give us a big thumbs up we really do appreciate it we look forward to your company on thursday to preview a big round 18. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.